0: Think of two distinct locations, flying in an airplane at 30,000 feet and driving in a car on a city street. We set goals in the airplane. We have total visibility. We can imagine the destination and whatever's in our path is mostly small details that we know we can sort out later. On the other hand, we achieve goals in the car. We're on the ground facing obstacles, traffic jams, closed roads, and detours. Sometimes we get lost. Unfortunately for a lot of people, it's that disconnect between 30,000 feet and the ground where their goals go to die. If you don't want that to happen to your goals, this is the show for you. We're gonna show you how to navigate all the way from your vision to your goals so that that vision that you had at the front end when you were up there at 30,000 feet turns into your reality on the ground. Hi, I'm Joel Miller, Chief Product Officer here at Full Focus, and this is the Business Accelerator Podcast. On today's episode, our founder and chairman, Michael Hyatt, is going to talk with our CEO, Megan Hyatt Miller, about how to keep your goals alive. They're going to cover four tactics to turn your hopeful goals into bankable results. Then we're going to have a conversation with one of our Business Accelerator coaches. He's going to show how he works out these ideas with his clients day in and day out.
1: right Ken do you know what's happening right now
2: no I have no (laughs) idea
1: (laughs) well first of all it's your favorite time of year finally yes we can act okay like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over
2: jingle bells jingle yes
1: Uh, it's our holiday sale here at full focus oh and we have some really awesome deals going on especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals this is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year and so we have got Uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site wide. Um, We've got where you can get a free um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug.
2: (laughs) Wow. You already put them on your Stanley mug.
1: And if if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are going to be new for the new year, uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer wherever you want them.
0: I want to jump into this conversation with Michael and Megan, but first, I thought I'd give you just a little bit of background. Full Focus is a goal achievement company, and our Business Accelerator Coaching Program is how we apply that in the lives of real business owners just like you, hundreds of them, every year, come through the program, and the whole idea is to help them clear the obstacles to reach their goals. It's something we embody as not only a company, but even individual contributors in the company. So if you have big goals for this year, I recommend listening closely to what Michael and Megan have to say here because they'll help explain some of what has probably been tripping you up in the past and offer you easy solutions for the future.
3: So, Dad, you and I are both coaches working with business owner clients, and we also have a whole coaching program full of business owner clients. And one of the things that we talk a lot about with our own clients, with our clients that are in the Business Accelerator program is goal achievement. And we talk about at the beginning of the year, really, you know, at the at the end of the previous year, goal setting for the year. And one of the things that we see sometimes, particularly with newer clients, is that fast forward, they get, you know, down the year in the first quarter to about March, and they realize that even though they went through a process of setting goals, they don't feel like they're making the progress that they wished they were on those goals. I mean, life just takes over and usually there's something unexpected that happens in in your business and you find yourself in that place that nobody likes to be, which is the firefighting mode, which is really at odds with sometimes the things that are important, but not nearly as urgent as those firefighting t- tasks. So tell me about your experience with this as, you, as you're working with clients.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's very frequent. Sometimes it's a personal goal. Sometimes it's a corporate goal. But they start out with a lot of enthusiasm, and then they hit some turbulence, um, hit friction or resistance, and then they bail on it, you know, because if you think about it, everybody has a life and a business that they're already trying to maintain. And that takes the bulk of your resources, whether it's spiritual, intellectual, emotional, financial, that takes the bulk of your resources. So to accomplish a goal... Something that's not yet true in your life takes some effort to try to make that a reality. takes a lot of effort, as it turns out, which is one of the reasons why we encourage our coaching clients to limit the number of goals they pursue, because you've got a finite amount of resources. And if you just go crazy, you're going to be really disappointed. But even when you follow that advice, you can end up in a situation where the goal just dies, you know, you you wake up and you look at your goals again. Maybe you haven't looked at it for days or weeks or a couple of months and you go, Oh yeah, I said I was gonna do that. But now I'm a long ways from that because I I gave up on it somewhere.
3: Yeah, and sometimes that giving up can happen unconsciously. You know, it just sort of happens little by little as the weeks wear on. And that's why in our research, what we have become really clear about is that there's a real difference, you know, between goal setting which is what most people think about, and goal achievement. And so we're going to talk today about four tactics that you can employ to turn those goals that you set, the goals that you're hopeful about, into bankable results, because it's very important as a business owner, even even more so than when you're talking about your own personal goals, that the goals you set, you achieve, because usually there's something important at stake, there's something riding on that, usually a whole lot. So let's get into it.
4: Tactic number one, keep your goals visible to yourself. And by the way, none of the ideas, none of the tactics we're going to share are going to be that revolutionary. You're never going to go, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. This is blocking and tackling. And if you'll follow this recipe, the cake will turn out great. So think of it that way. This is just a simple recipe for making sure that you actually achieve your goals. And so tactic number one, is to keep your goals visible to yourself. In other words, if you forget about the goal, if it just languishes on your hard drive or in a notebook somewhere or some other piece of paper in a file cabinet, then there's not really a good chance that you're going to accomplish the goal because you will have forgotten about it. And if you forget about it, you're just gonna stop taking action toward it. And if you do that, it's not gonna magically just happen. It's not like the the, the sort of the idea that I'm just gonna think of it and I'm going to deploy it to the universe. And then the universe at some undescript time in the future is going to bring that thing back to me. And it'll be like magic.
3: Like a boomerang, like a goal boomerang. Wouldn't that be a awesome? goal
4: boomerang. I wish that were true.
3: If we could invent that, we'd be done.
4: So what's your uh, goal review process look like?
3: Okay. I have to tell you something that I'm doing that's new that I've never done until this year. And I am loving it. And that is every Monday morning, I start my day off and I start my week off with a meeting with my executive assistant, Elizabeth. And so uh, I said to her several weeks ago, hey, I want to do something different that we've not done before. I want to review my goals with you each week and I want to go over the key motivations and I want to talk about the next actions that I need to take because what I have found in the past is that I'm really good at doing all that when I set my goals but the magic is in continuing to ask yourself what's the next action and sometimes she's doing the next action for me Um, sometimes I'm doing it you know or somebody else whatever you know we'll figure it out but um, this is awesome it provides me with accountability Mm -hmm. It provides me with disciplined visibility, and it also helps me troubleshoot with somebody else who's really good. Um, at thinking of solutions and who's really committed to this outcome. So obviously I have to be vulnerable enough. She's seeing all my goals, including the personal ones. So I'm being really vulnerable because I'm sharing this whole spreadsheet with her. But I mean, she is on those goals like they might as well be her own. And it's an awesome partnership. And you could do this, obviously with your executive assistant. You could do this with your business partner. You could do this with your spouse. Um, You could do it with a coach. But this is a great way to kind of ratchet up the visibility and the accountability on a weekly basis. So we're doing that on a weekly basis. We're doing that on uh, a monthly basis and we're doing that on a quarterly basis. And then the same thing is happening with our teams internally. They're reviewing their goals on a weekly basis, on a quarterly basis uh, as well. So that's been awesome.
4: That is amazing. I love that idea. I can see already how that would add so much value. And it's like goal insurance, Exactly. If you've got somebody else, two of you are less likely to forget something than one of you, which is why you say to your spouse, hey, would you remind me about such and such? Do me a favor and remind me to do that when we get home. Because it's less likely that two people will forget than one person forgets. Love that.
3: And this is just basically part of the recurring agenda that we have each week. So she doesn't even have to remember to do it. It's just on the agenda that we're going through, and then we review my big three for the week, and then we review the calendar, and then we go through our list for each other and all that kind of stuff. And so she just keeps this spreadsheet that has everything in there, and we look at it together while she screen shares. And anyway, it's it's just been awesome.
4: This is one of the reasons why the Full Focus Planner, for those of you that use it, why the very first page of the planner is a list of your, your annual goals. And uh, what I do is just look at that set of goals for the year in the morning before I set my big three. And it takes like 30 to 60 seconds. It doesn't take much because most of my focus is on the the, the goals that are due this quarter, right? right? And that's going to be two or three. Then on a weekly basis, in my weekly preview, I'm looking at more of the detail pages, but specifically the motivations. I really try to reconnect with the why, why this goal is important. And review that on a weekly basis. And then on a quarterly basis, I'm assessing, you know, did I accomplish the goal or not? And if I didn't accomplish it, then I've got several other options, right? But uh, it's just a way of keeping it visible. And in the past, I've done some different things to make them visible, like, you know, printing out the goals. I didn't do it this year, but print out the goals, put them on in a frame and hang them on the wall. I've uh, paid somebody to create visual graphics for each goal and then put them on a screensaver, so that all day long, when I'm not working at my computer and they're in the background, that it's cycling through uh, those goals with some picture that really depicts what it is I'm after, and that's been helpful too. But be creative, but just keep your goals visible. That's a key thing.
3: Yep. And if you're the business owner or CEO of your company, this really starts with you. You know that's why this is tactic number one because if you don't keep the goals visible. How on earth are we going to move to tactic number two, which is to keep your goals visible to your team? And this is very similar to what we just talked about in tactic number one, except the audience is your team. And that's why at Full Focus, our teams have a weekly meeting, a weekly team meeting that they kick off the week with, and they're reviewing their goals. And they're asking, you know, how's our progress? How are we coming on that? What else do we need to do? What's our next action? And that's really helpful. Each of our departments is responsible for four goals. So in our strategic design process, Each executive, each goal owner can have four goals. And so um, they're looking at those and they're asking the question, what's next? And then we also have a company-wide quarterly preview meeting that is sort of the end result of the executive team with me going through a quarterly preview process and then with their individual teams. And we're reviewing our progress at that point. Uh, And we're also providing company-wide updates financially and so forth on a quarterly basis. We're also doing that on a monthly basis as well. Um, but, you know, this is why we're called full focus, because what we know is that there's so many things that are competing for our focus all the time, particularly in an organizational setting. There are things that pop up that you have to deal with that you weren't planning on. Things go worse than you thought, and you have to deal with it. Things go better than you thought, and you have to deal with it. You know, customers need your help. All that kind of stuff is vying for your attention every day, and so you have to put this cadence of visibility in uh, just install that in your organization so you can't help but keep these goals visible, the things that you said are most important uh, at the beginning of the year.
4: I think it's easy in the context of some corporate cultures that when a goal starts to die, you just kind of forget about it right. and don't really discuss it. And, and I think that this kind of goes back to something I said in your Best Year Ever. A goal is important not because of what you achieve, but because of what you're becoming in the pursuit of that goal. And it's true at an individual level, and it's true at a team level. And so it's it actually serves the purpose of you becoming more than you are right now if you hit some adversity. Because as it turns out, human beings don't grow very well unless they hit adversity. And I just recently heard uh, Jocko Willink who's the author of Extreme Ownership, talk at a conference, and he was talking about when somebody would bring him bad news when he was a Navy SEAL. His first response was good. Now, why was it good when something bad happened? Because it gave him or the person that was reporting it or the team an opportunity to grow and develop. They would be better if they Mm -hmm. could make their way through it. So unless we we engage with the problem and stick with it and move through it, we're we're not going to get the growth that we would like to get. And so that's why it's important that maybe somebody on our team wants to give give up on the goal. Maybe they wish we wouldn't mention it again, but to keep bringing it up because just ignoring it is not an option. I I don't have any problem with somebody removing a goal when they decide, hey, this goal is no longer relevant um, and they want to remove the goal. I don't care as long as that's an intentional choice that's considered uh, in the array of choices because you could revise it. You could recommit to a different time, or you could remove it. Mm-hmm. But we've got to be thoughtful about that. And just ignoring it and acting like we didn't ever set it is really not an option.
3: Well, it also undermines your integrity as the CEO, as the business owner. You know, it, Either what you say and commit to matters, and you're committed to it until you decide not to be and negotiate out of it in a, a, a conscious, intentional way, or your words don't really mean much. And so I think that's what's at stake with this. Um, we actually had a really big goal last year that we decided to remove from our list because we we decided to punt it to this year. And it's something, it's probably the, the thing we're the most excited about Uh, in terms of our future, we're so pumped about it. And yet we knew that in order for it to reach its full potential is going to need more time as we got deeper into the project. And so we decided to remove that goal from the 2022 list and add it to what has now become our 2023 list. But we didn't do it without talking to the team about it and really explaining why, so that they understood, you know, we weren't just kind of, Uh, you know, wimping out on the goal. We were being intentional about actually taking a bigger stand for the outcome of what was possible, but we were going to have to do that by first removing it from this year.
4: That leads us, speaking of why, to tactic number three, which is connect to your why. Why is that important?
3: Well, it's easy to lose sight, especially in an organizational context. And this is one of those things that, as the business owner and the CEO, you're uniquely charged and empowered to connect your team back to the why because they forget. You know, when you're just in the day-to-day and you're in the grind of, of whatever you're doing, it's so easy to forget, why are we even doing this thing in the first place? Especially when we get to that place that you talk about in Your Best Year Ever, the messy middle, you know, where it's just a huge pain and you'd rather throw in the towel and do anything, but but try to accomplish that goal when you hit that point of resistance. That's when you've got to really reconnect to why this matters and not just why it matters you know, globally or at a big picture level, but why it matters to your individual contributors on your team. What's the payoff for them? Uh, I think that's really important because people are always looking to us in our roles to make meaning out of the daily work that they do. What does it connect to that's bigger than themselves? We know from the research that engagement is really driven by meaning and connection to something bigger than yourself. And so we're uniquely positioned as business owners and CEOs to make that connection for people. And that's never more important than when we're doing something that's difficult, where uh, we're facing some friction and some resistance. We've got to connect people back to why it matters and why it matters to them.
4: One of the biggest challenges that business owners face is they, uh, they would never say this out loud, but in essence, they are expecting people to read their mind. Yeah. And, you know, they're thinking to themselves, at least at a subconscious level, it ought to be intuitively obvious why this is important. But unless we provide the why, people don't know. Right. Like, why are we trying to grow so much this year? You know, oh, because the business owner is greedy. You know, that may be a conclusion they come to. Sure. So unless we tell the why, and unless we explain it in a way that's meaningful to them, like, what are the reasons we want to grow is because that will uh, give us the margin we need to invest in the business to get you the help you need. Or this will provide additional opportunity for promotions or for salary increases or for bonuses or whatever. And and we're, we're basically saying there, it's not about my greed. I mean, i am be happy to make more money, but this is really about you. We're doing this because collectively it makes sense. But unless we provide that why, people are left to guess. So we just can't fall into the trap of expecting people to see what to us is intuitively obvious, but to them is not. It's probably important to distinguish here between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Or think of it as internal versus external, if those two words are too big. But external motivation is that kind of motivation that's imposed from without. Like my spouse expects me to do this, or my boss really wants this, or the federal government is requiring this. Intrinsic is where we find our own reasons. What's the benefit to us? And the more that we can make the motivation intrinsic about us and what it is we hope to accomplish, the more likely it is to to follow through. Because as much as I'd like to help somebody else, it's not going to be as powerful as if I own it for myself, even when, by the way, you're not given a choice. So, for example, if you're in sales, and your boss, and I don't recommend this practice, but if your boss imposes upon you a sales quota, you better find your own reasons why that's important. And it better be more than, if I don't accomplish this, I'll probably be fired. Like what would it make possible, apart from your boss, apart from the company, if you accomplish that goal? What would that mean to you and for your future? So that's taking something that's externally imposed and internalizing it so that it becomes an intrinsic motivation.
3: So that leads us to tactic number four, pivot as necessary. And this is a really important kind of pro tip for achieving goals, particularly at an organizational level. But this is absolutely applicable at the personal level as well. You want to think about that goal that you set during your strategic planning process or, you know, right at the the end of the previous year as being almost sacred, you want to hang on tight to that unless there's no other option. You know, you decide like we did that you're going to move it to the next year or that it's not relevant for some reason. But you know, those are few and far between. Otherwise, you want to think of it as sacred. But what's absolutely not sacred is the strategy for achieving that goal. You know, my coach often says, your strategic plan is wrong. Whatever you put in there, However well designed it is, it's just wrong because you can't know everything that you need to know about what you'll face in the coming year. That doesn't mean it's not worth doing, it's absolutely worth doing. But you just have to know that the strategies that you probably have outlined in that process to some degree are going to need to be adjusted if you're gonna hit the mark. And that's just a normal part of goal achievement. You haven't done anything wrong. That's just what it's like to live in a complex world, especially in an organizational environment. Uh, And so what we wanna do is we wanna try strategies and if they work, let's continue. But if they don't work, rather than giving up on the goal, Give up on the strategy and try something else. Um, You know, this is why we wrote Mind Your Mindset, because we want people to realize how their thinking affects the actions they take, or in this context, the strategies that they employ and how those things affect their results. So that's a whole access point to different strategies is just looking at your thinking. And again, we talk about that in our new book, Mind Your Mindset. It's also why we founded Business Accelerator, because we uh, we know that small business owners need a place where they can learn new and different strategies to help them accomplish their goals. And you know, one of the things we talk about a lot is that when you find yourself committed to a goal, but your strategies currently aren't working and you've probably tried everything you know, this is the time to bring in outside resources. So that could look like a coach that can look like a consultant that could look like getting a course or other resources that you find online, maybe talking to a mentor. But you don't have to know everything you need to know to get where you want to go, you just have to find the people who know what you need to know to get you where you want to go and get that outside input can really be the thing that helps you pivot as necessary so you can remain committed to the goal and change the strategy as you go.
4: That's so good. And so just to, to summarize again, you know, we want to be married to the goal insofar as we can. There's sometimes when you need to divorce yourself from the goal, but by and large, you want to stay married to it. But don't get married to your strategy. That only has value as long as it works. If it doesn't work and you've persisted for a bit and it still doesn't work, then chunk it. Find another strategy. And I often hear people say to me, they'll come into a, a coaching session and they'll say, well, I tried everything. Really? Really? You tried everything, probably not. And that's where an outside resource can say, well, yeah, but have you thought about this? Or have you thought about that? It's sometimes an outside resource, and this is why I like coaching, it's it's actually better if that person is not in my industry. Yeah. You know, there's certain value you can derive from somebody who's familiar with your industry, but unfortunately, a lot of times, you have the same set of presuppositions, the same set of limiting beliefs, and it makes it very difficult to think outside the box. So just having a coach, somebody that's that's not so locked into that paradigm that can challenge it can be enormously helpful and can help you decide when it's time to pivot and move on to another strategy and keep you accountable to not give up on the goal. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we give up on the goal, let's, let's try another strategy and just stay with this until we achieve the goal.
3: All right, so... In summary, there are four tactics that you can use to turn the goals that matter the most to you into bankable results by the end of the year. Tactic number one, keep your goals visible to yourself. Tactic number two, keep your goals visible to your team. Tactic number three, connect to your why. And tactic number four, pivot as necessary. You know, if I can just kind of leave you with one thought here, it would be to institute a cadence of visibility in your organization, both for yourself and also for your team. If that's not something that you've done before, that alone will give you a huge breakthrough and it will take care of these second two tactics, connecting with your why, which you can put in that cadence and then pivoting as necessary, because it's hard to pivot if you're not staying on top of your progress on your goals. So putting that cadence in on a weekly, daily, weekly, quarterly basis will go a long way into helping you accomplish your goals.
0: Before we go to the break, let's just focus for a second on that tactic number four, pivot as necessary. Mike Tyson is famous for saying, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And if you have ever tried to achieve a goal, you know what that feels like. You are gonna have to change your game plan, possibly many times, in order to arrive at the destination that you want. That's part of what it means to be in business for yourself but what's helpful is having someone who can guide you through those pivots. And that's actually what we do in the business accelerator coaching program. And that's why I'm excited for this bottom half of the show, because when we come back after the break, I'm going to bring on one of our coaches to have a conversation around how he applies some of this thinking with his clients on a daily basis. He is, as I mentioned, one of our coaches in the Business Accelerator program, and he's going to talk here about how he helps his clients achieve their goals. Dustin, you see a lot of
5: clients. How many clients are coming to you stuck on their goals? Joel, if I could say limited or unlimited amount of clients, I would say unlimited. But as you mentioned, I've got probably 30 clients, 30. It fluctuates anywhere between 30 and 31, and 90% of them, this is an issue especially right now, because you're wanting to get the year started off. You're wanting to, you know, kind of get momentum going. And I've just finished all the conversations of the end of the year where they didn't get their goals finished. And so how do we, how do we mitigate against that happening in 2023? So yes, it's a nonstop, it's a conversation that happens with almost every one of my clients.
0: You know, one of the things that we see is that when a goal isn't visible or, you just like you lose the connection to the why, for instance, like these are reasons why people struggle with keeping their goals
5: alive. What are the kind of the reasons that you're hearing from clients? Well, the one that I articulate, you just said, people just don't see it. I always give this example. So if I've got a client who's, man, I just struggle. I'm not completing my goals. It doesn't matter if it's a quarter. It doesn't matter if it's annual. I always give them this descriptor, this example. Imagine. You go through all of the effort that it takes to set your goals. And in my example, I equate it to asking somebody that you're interested in out on a date. So let's say you identify somebody and you want to take them out on a date. You invest the money, the time, and you go out. The date's a smashing success. And you start this road down to the ultimate question, which is the one that a lot of people are terrified of asking, at least I was, of, hey, do you want to be in a relationship with me? and then they sit back and they answer yes, and you've succeeded. So you've gone through all of this work, you've invested all this time, you've invested money, and you finally get the relationship. And then all of a sudden you just stop calling. <laughs> like you've got, you did all the work to get there. And then you just stop answering their phone calls. You stopped answering their texts. texts. You stopped going out on dates, but then you still expect that relationship to survive. The same is true about goal setting. You go through all of the process, which is the first big hurdle of actually getting time on your calendar and dedicating the mental energy into setting goals. You share it with your leaders or you share it with somebody you trust. You gain alignment. You do all of this work and you put the goals in they're Cadillacs. It's the Cadillac of smarter goals, a suite of just Cadillacs. And then you just never get in the car. <laughs> that's what it feels like. So I am a very huge proponent of keeping them visible. Goals can't exist in a binder. If they do, they're just going to collect dust. So the first thing as far as a strategy goes is you have to find a way where you are engaging with your goals on some type of time horizon. Whether it's weekly, daily, you know, the planners are great opportunity, but Frankly, not all of my planners or all of my clients, even though they're actually full focus clients, <laughs> they're not perfect on their planner usage. And so we have a lot of conversations about using this as an opportunity to engage with your planner. But I think it's keeping them visible. Keeping them visible is the first step of actually engaging with them on a level that will help you complete them. Uh, but that's, that's an example that I give all the time is a relationship. You do all the work to get the relationship and then you just stop calling Nobody would ever do that and expect that relationship to last. But business owners do that when they're talking about their goals.
0: Give us some other examples of where people are going wrong and how you coach them when you've got them on, uh, on the phone.
5: I think another area where people, at least some of my clients, that they really struggle, something I see is they've never done goal setting. At least they've not done it in a way that's stuck in the past they've, they've dated goals or they've got the components of a goal. But they've never structured them into something that is actually workable. And so a lot of times I see people that have goals that are just not inspiring. They're just vague aspirations. They just don't, they don't move the needle. They're just not interested. And so I have to coach a lot of times of really trying to drill down. What was the essence of what you were trying to accomplish when you wrote this? What's the real end state I see a lot of business owners where if they're new to goal setting, even with the smarter framework, they just start describing major projects or minor projects, and they use those as goals, but they don't actually articulate what they're trying to achieve. They just attack, uh, articulate some of the activity to achieve what they really want and what that would actually motivate them, something that's actually intrinsically motivating to themselves and to their businesses. Uh, so I have to do a lot of work of really weeding through and leading business owners to just dig deep spend the extra time to actually decide exactly what you want and then suspend the how which we talk about all the time don't go into solutioning go into what do you think you want what is it that you want and that question is a lot harder to answer than people think especially if this is the first time that they've ever Uh, set goals or set goals in a framework
0: that move into how is very tempting and you know i catch myself doing it we all do it in some form or fashion you kind of you have this thing that you want to do it's out there in the future it's big it's grand your immediate next step in your mind is just to start figuring out how you're going to get there but that can also ultimately become demotivating because if you don't see how to get there you like you turn off whatever that fire was that was going underneath you, you snuff it out. And all of a sudden, your effort to find a path to the goal has just killed the goal.
5: And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me because the people that we get to work with day in and day out are high achievers, they're leaders, they're owners. And if you were to look at a lot of the other areas of their life, this isn't the case. They know exactly what they want. They go after, you know, when they were starting their careers. They knew what they wanted. It's what compelled them to start their business or to join that firm or to work hard so that they could get to the leadership position that they're at. It's just somewhere along the way I've identified, and I call it vision 1.0. I think that every person, when they start down the road to having a successful life, they have a vision in their mind of what success is. I'll use a personal example. Mine used to be I want to build a million dollar company. I thought I grew up, Joel, you know some of my story, I grew up pretty poor for most of my life and I used to have this thought if I owned a million dollar business, I'd be rich. Like it was like this vague just thought. And then you have one and you build one and you realize, oh wait, there's taxes, there's workers compensation insurance, there's paying staff. And so I think the a lot details. of details. Yeah, just the details. I think a lot of people, they accomplish what they think was the vision for their life and it wasn't what they expected. And so then they get stuck with what, what's next? What could I achieve? And then comes the struggle between, am I worthy of this? Is this something, would people follow me? Because their business is now at a point where they would set goals that would you know really expand and help them achieve their vision, but they just get scared. They just get scared of saying out loud what they know they can achieve because it does, that does a couple of things. Now you're accountable to it. And if you say it out loud and you write it down, if you don't get there, you feel like a failure. And so most leaders that I work with, they struggle with the value of incremental progress. That's another reason that I see uh, business owners, they, they get stuck with goal achievement because they just... They get into the goal and they're not passionate or it was the wrong goal in the first place or they were scared to write down what the real goal should have been because they didn't want to fail. So I go through a lot of this. There's a It's it's talking with clients and exploring this particular area is fascinating.
0: Part of what you do is you help them suss these problems out, right? So you're yes. on the phone with them and you they're coming to you with the problem. You're diagnosing where they're going wrong and you're helping to set them straight. Is that right?
5: That's correct. Yeah. As a coach, I have the, uh, I mean, I consider it a calling. <laughs> I have the calling to help be some of my clients or all of my clients' peripheral vision. So you have clients who know where they want to go, but sometimes they just forget to look out of the corners of their eyes to stay aware. And it's my job to help tell them, hey, I see this. I, I hear the language that you're using. I hear you referencing this one thing, but you never actually say it. So you're circling around it. Let's actually talk about the thing in the middle. Let's talk about the center of the wheel so that we can actually create a plan of action to help you get that. It, it, it's it's a blessing that I get to do that, but it is most of my job is helping our clients navigate that thought process and really just feeling like they have permission to write down crazy, scary goals that maybe they thought were possible, but they never got to the point of actually writing them down and, and putting a plan of action together. So that's where I come, come in. I get to actually help them, draw out of them what they really want to achieve, and then we get to do the great work of coming up with a plan that makes those goals attainable. So that's where most of my most of my time spent in doing both of those things.
0: Talk to us a little bit more about motivation. You you mentioned uh, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, that kind of internal drive to do something uh, versus like maybe something feels imposed from the outside.
5: Give us some examples of how that plays out as you're coaching clients. Yeah. So this is a, this is a very nuanced question, Joel. Every client is motivated by a different percentage of intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. Okay. So for somebody like me who has as a business owner, as a former business owner, who's experienced a lot of trauma and had a lot of uh, a lack of resources growing up. I did not grow up wealthy. Some of that was, was shaped by my environment the driving factor behind a lot of my goals early in my career was just, I didn't want to experience scarcity like I had when I was a child. That is something that I see a lot of business owners possess, not that example specifically, but things from their past that they just want to avoid. They just don't want to fill in the blank. I, or I've always wanted to this, fill in the blank. So a lot of the work that I do is, centered around pulling those types of things out because that's how you connect why to a goal. It's how you help people identify exactly what their key motivators are. That can be a, a vital component of setting goals is truly identifying what's motivating you and then feeling like you have permission to say it out loud. I've had clients uh, who, if they would have said their motivations out loud, they would get judged. So as an example, I won't use names or anything like that, I have a client who genuinely, genuinely is motivated by things. They love fast, expensive cars. They love really expensive watches. That motivates them. And so they set those things as the reward for goals achieved. Now, I could sit here and try to talk with him about connecting to certain things that would be traditional motivators, like family or, you know, investing in your team, and Those things are exciting. He cares about those things, but they just don't inspire him the way it takes to achieve goals. And a lot of people feel guilty for that. They feel guilty if that's one of their motivators, if things is one of their motivators. So having a coach, you have a safe space to say that. And that's another part of what I do. I have to help discern what are your true motivators? What gets you excited? And how can we build a goal around that so that it's the well that feeds the activity? How do
0: you see yourself in relationship to that client and that goal once that goal is set? You're there to help them arrive at at the goal. You're there to help coach them along
5: the path. Tell us more about that. My primary goal is to be an accountability partner. So if you say something to me, and this is the reason that we have the Smarter Framework, setting goals is not a flippant thing. It's, it's something that should be done almost laboriously or painstakingly. It need, the goals need to be right. But once you arrive there, my goal is to help hold you accountable. It doesn't mean that you can't change and adjust. And this is also one of my roles. If, you're, if you start down a path of how you expected to achieve the goal and then it's not working, It's my job to help you identify through our conversations, hey, maybe this isn't working. The goal doesn't change, but let's pivot how we're getting to achieving that goal. So that's me being a source of of accountability uh, with my clients. Uh, Another thing is, is I help them attack, go on the offensive against the limiting beliefs that hold them back from achieving their goals. So there's a mindset piece. I help provide accountability for their thinking. Uh, we, we have conversations that, that go into what they're, what they're dealing with in their businesses and what limiting beliefs come out of those seasons. So I am mainly a source of accountability, but I'm also a thought partner. I also help them think through things and process information so that they can ultimately arrive at achieving that goal. Dustin, thank you so much for being here. Joe, it was a pleasure being here. It really was. I love the opportunity to connect with our clients in any format that we have. So it was a pleasure for me.
0: Let's go back to that airplane for a minute. You're at 30,000 feet. You know where you want to go. You have seen the future and it's great. It is a destination you want to be in. However, you can't get there by plane alone. You are going to descend to the automobile and that is where you are going to hit speed bumps. That is where you are going to have obstacles in your path. And with all those obstacles in your path, I'm afraid to say, many of you will be tempted to quit. We all are, it's totally normal. But you don't have to. You can actually press through those obstacles and reach your goals. You can do it with the tactics that Michael and Megan outlined in the show. You can do it with the help of a coach like Dustin Guyton to help you navigate all of those twists and turns to get to where you want to go. And let's just point out where you want to go is great. That's why you planned it in the first place. That's why you set the goal. Don't let your goal die. That's it for another episode of the Business Accelerator podcast. If you're a business owner and you're interested in learning more about our Business Accelerator coaching program, go to businessaccelerator.com coach, businessaccelerator.com coach. We help busy but growth-minded small business owners just like you scale yourself and your business so you can win at work and succeed at life. It's what we call the double win. And if you'd like to experience that for yourself, go to businessaccelerator.com coach. That's it. We'll be back next week with more conversations to help you accelerate your business.